so I'll just have us kind of like start the conversation and have you um, introduce yourself. And Uh then we're going to start talking about, you know, how, what you changed your mind on and then tell the story. Yeah. Cool. I'm, this is my third podcast I've ever been on. So I'm not a, not like a super pro, but I'm not a newbie. So I'll, I'll do the best I can. I also like have only been hanging out with a two-year-old all morning. So (laughs) you will be so fine. This is like the (laughs) stupidest, most casual podcast ever. I'm like barely, you know, this is barely, barely a podcast at this point. So no, I love yeah. it. I love, I love your podcast and I love the stuff you write about. I just read your most recent post on calling, you know, about praying and saying dad. And it was I so love- weird. <laughs> I was like, no, hi I- dad. What? <laughs> it was so I remember, bizarre. I remember I had a, like in early, early years of my Christian conversion, I had a friend who called, who said daddy. And I was like, that's, that don't, that a little much to me but it's like jesus used the word abba which Mm -hmm. is like a which is similar but you know language is different that doesn't mean it's exactly like daddy daddy might be the most similar but daddy doesn't feel right in english for me daddy feels young right Mm. like a little kid can say daddy no problem once you're a teenager like that's where i'm like okay dad dad is very you know colloquial and right Um, yeah but maybe daddy like encapsulates like a childlike dependence, which the Bible maybe. also talks about, right? That's true. So, like, That's true. So many good questions. And I, I, I love your just like open-mindedness. And yeah, I just, I, I think a lot like you just like relentlessly curious and not mm-hmm. afraid to ask questions about things, you know? So I, yeah, I think this is going to be a good chat. Yay. Well, let's just get into it. Just let everyone know who you are in whatever way it feels right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just let us know. I, cause I might want to yeah. include that part. So sure. I was thinking about this. It's a little bit hard for me to like, cause I, so I used to be an English teacher. I was a middle school English teacher. Um, I, yeah, for about eight years and, um, and, but I've been at home with my kids mostly for the last, uh, about seven years and have done a little bit of writing on and off, you know, since uh, like about a year before we got pregnant, I had left teaching, um, totally burned out of teaching. I worked in LA and then I helped to start a charter school in Minneapolis, St. Paul. And so I just worked in like really high stress teaching environments. And, um, yeah, it was like a year into marriage and, said to my husband, like, I, like, I'm burned out. Like, I'm like, I'm done. I just, I feel like I can't do this anymore. And he, like one of the best moments in my life, he was like, then quit, then quit. And we, we knew we were going to have kids. We knew that I was going to be home for a couple of years. We both had moms who were like pretty present, um, not necessarily stay at home moms, but his mom was a nurse, worked one shift every two weeks. I grew up on a farm. My mom was like, you know, worked with my dad out on the farm, but was like present for us. So anyway, we knew I would be home. And so, yeah, so I've been a stay at home mom. I don't, I don't appreciate the label and we can get into that. Um, I don't appreciate the dichotomy of like working mom, stay at home mom. That is so like in our consciousness culturally. Um, but yeah, I've been mostly an at home parent and have been kind of writing in the margins of that. Cause that feels important to me and it feels like I'm called to do it. Um, I used to have a, a, a little blog and then I started writing more on Instagram because that felt more doable while also tending to met several small human beings. 
because I would just have a little bit of time to write, you know, before I would get interrupted. And so then mm-hmm. I started more, yeah, on Instagram. And then, and then I started a Substack about six months ago because Substack is amazing. And I was like, I, I think I need to come over here. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm a mom of three girls. I have, my kids are um, seven, five, and two. And I have a husband, he's an engineer, and I live in the Midwest, um, in the US. And, um, and I'm, I'm a writer, like, kind of in the margins, trying, trying to be a writer. I I write sometimes, you know, I don't know, you know how it is with calling yourself a writer. I totally get it. And the the advice that I kind of took a while ago, and then it worked, (laughs) was just, you are like, yeah, just that's that's what you are. That's what you do. That's what you enjoy doing. And so that's yeah. that's what you are. Um, totally. I love yeah. it. I love it. And we connected when I was asking for people to reach out to me to be on the podcast to talk about how they changed their mind on something. And you first said that you changed yeah. your mind on feminism. And then I think only after that did I post my convert, like the beginning of my religious conversion. Mm-hmm. And then you circle back. You're like, Oh my gosh, me too. I converted or I reconverted or, I mean, that's all I converted to, to Catholicism. So mm-hmm. I was, I was, have been a Christian, but okay. I converted to Catholicism. Only okay. I'm so excited. Year. I'm so excited yeah. to, to hear all about that actually. Okay. Well, I actually haven't talked about that like very much just because as you know, spiritual things are, are, it's a lot to write mm-hmm. about. And it was, oh yeah trying to put anything on the page with all my kids around is hard. And so I just, I've shared a little bit in like tiny little slivers, but yeah, I'm happy to go there to whatever extent it it relates, I think, to the topic of feminism um, for me. So I think we'll be able to. Yeah. We'll just just see. We'll just see what what feels right. And, you know, we'll go from there, but yeah. So, so start wherever you want to start to tell the story of what you used to believe and your mind. I, because, um, my, my life is such that I don't get to finish a thought or a sentence <laughs> like super frequently. And so I pulled up this, one of my Substack posts just to try to like, keep myself like organized with what I'm talking about, because yeah, it's just, my brain's already like very like, woo, a million different places. And then, and then having little kids is just the whole thing. So, um, yeah. So I would say I have feminism is like a big part of my identity for, a lot of years. Um, I grew up like pretty, you know, like t- not very girly, like pretty tomboyish, you know, not feeling like I um, fit in with girls who are into fashion and I don't know, stereotypically girly things. So I think I was kind of like primed to be a feminist in that way. Um, and yeah, kind of like formally became introduced to it in college, you know, where I was like, oh, like these women over here are like, intelligent and cool. And it seemed, you know, it sort of seemed like the direction that I just, that you just go if you're right. like a smart woman. Right. It's you know, a, and like, it's the evolved, like progressive and inte- yeah. Intelligent. Empathetic. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I hundred percent. So like as a sensitive person and as, as a, you know, an intellectual, like in college and I went to a liberal arts college, you know, it just was like, I got very swept up in it. And that's when I really started to like, think of myself as a feminist and like use, even use the term. And, um, 
Yeah. And like, was very proud of it, of course. Um, and then I, then I went to LA and taught for a couple of years and then it was, I was more doing like work with race, like racial equity and different things, which is not relevant to this conversation. But then I moved to, that's when I came to the twin cities to Minneapolis, St. Paul in Minnesota to help start an all girls charter school. Um, we had to call it a girl focused charter school because it's a pub, it was a public school, but it was a, it was a girl's middle school, very feminist in its, um, in it, in it, you know, its philosophy and its structure and everything. And obviously, and it was actually, I don't have any big regrets or feel like I taught stuff that was, I mean, it was, it was left leaning for sure, but it was, a lot of it was also really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I am quite like temperamentally liberal. I don't know if you are, you know, familiar with that language, but I, I am quite temperamentally liberal. I'm open. I'm very open, you know? And so All to say that, like, I'm not like, oh, that leftist, you know, school right. that I taught at. It was actually wonderful. Um, and I don't have any, yeah, I'm like, really, when I think back to that time, like teaching girls and talking a ton about di- uh, the feminist talking points and different things. I was an English teacher, so I didn't really get as much into, I had a social studies co-teacher and she was more kind of framing the topics and I was more doing the process work, like writing, reading, et cetera. So I wasn't as much in charge of the content, but um, that was a great experience, but that very much solidified this like feminist identity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I went to an all girls yeah. private school, not Catholic. It was a secular okay. all girls private school. Oh, interesting. So I was raised Catholic, but I'm, whatever, that's a whole other story, but, um, yeah. first grade through 12th grade. Oh, that's interesting. And I oh like, don't really, I mean, like, yeah, who, you know, uh, there were questions about like, Oh, what, who, what would I've been like if I didn't go to that school, whatever, but I don't have anything bad to say about it. And like, it mm. was inherently feminist because we were all girls and we were being primed to do whatever we were called to do in the world, you know, like, yeah, interesting. it was, you know, it was now like 20 years ago. So the world was different and the way that people talked about things was different, but it was just inherently feminist. Right. And I still don't, I I don't really have any critique of it. So I, I I relate to what you're saying on, you know, it wasn't really overtly, it wasn't like the, the most woke feminism today, of course. Right. Because it was a different era and it was a, and it was a wealthy area too. So like some people's parents worked and some people's parents didn't work and, or Mm -hmm. mothers, but, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my point is like, I totally can see where it's like, yeah. And I kind of think it was great in many ways. Yeah. And I, I actually still, and we can come back to this later after I, you know, share more about my story, but I still am like struggling with what, like, do I still call myself a feminist? Even though I, I very much am questioning mainstream feminism. I don't know that I want to abandon the term. And it's actually like a whole big conversation in Catholic in the Catholic world, mm. is there such a thing as Catholic feminism? Is there not? Like it is a you. I don't know if you're into yeah. any of that conversation. I'm not. And I think it's fascinating. So yeah, it is just a whole thing. And so like I, yeah, I'm very. I still feel very torn with the label and and things like that because I, I mean, I love women. That's like, I mean, I love being a woman. I, I so it feels it feels okay to call myself a feminist because to, in my mind being a feminist is being pro woman and advocating for women and thinking women's experiences and stories and things are important. Right. So, but like, that's not what I have perceived like mainstream cultural feminism to be. And so I don't, 
want. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's complicated. It's complicated for sure. Um, okay. So, so yeah, I was working at this girl's school and it was during the time that I was working at that school that I met my now husband, um, who very much like challenged my feminist, uh, ideas, which very much annoyed me, obviously, because, you know, I don't, the, the feminist energy is very like, um, know it all you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's very, um, I'm very smart and I, you just don't understand, like, you don't get it. Right. You, I mean, you know, you're nodding, like you get it. And so I was very condescending to my, <laughs> to my then boyfriend, trying <laughs> to explain to him how he, no, there is oppression. You don't understand what it's like to be a woman, blah, blah, blah. But obviously like I've also fell in love with him and, and there, you know, respected his intellect and his heart. And, and so sort of, He's kind of, I think, primed me a little bit to be a little open to um, questioning feminism, you know? So there's that. Um, yeah. And then it was really, though, like everything, almost everything is related to motherhood, marriage and motherhood. Um, so one of the first things was when we started trying to get pregnant, I literally did not know that you could only get pregnant a couple of days a month. I, I did not know that. And I remember being like, how do I not know this? You know, like I'm this like smart, like empowered woman. Like how did I not, know? How, how do I not know how my body works? Um, and I just, it was just like a little seed. It wasn't a big thing. I wasn't thinking questioning feminism at this point, but it was just like a little thing where I was like, that's not empowering to like not know anything about my body or my fertility, you know? Um, and then another thing that happened alongside that was um, we struggled to get pregnant. So I, we got married when we were 29 and started trying to have kids in early thirties and we're having a hard time getting pregnant. And I stumbled across this book at the public library and I just grabbed it off the shelf and I read it and I was like, it was like a memoir of this woman who, um, really absorbed, you know, feminist rhetoric of like, it's about education. It's about career. These are the things you need to think about motherhood, whatever, if you want, fine, you know, kind of that, that's the vibe. Right. And was not able to have kids like thought she could just have kids whenever, but like, turns out biology doesn't like work like that exactly. And was like devastated and wrote this incredible memoir. Um, and I was like, and we were struggling to get pregnant at this time. So I, I so related to it. And I kind of felt like, yeah, like, why, why did we not learn anything about our fertility? That feels, that doesn't seem empowering. Like it's and downplaying it and, and also making it fertility and motherhood seem like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like this is like a secondary thing that you can not really worry about for, you know, yeah. I mean, there's just nothing really about it, right? Like it's, there's tons of talk about like getting your degree and then getting a good job and like marriage and motherhood. It's kind of like, I guess if you want, you can just kind of the, the vibe is like, you'll just fit it in. I mean, if mm -hmm. you want that, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, and I knew I wanted it, but yeah. So I was, I like really related to this book. So I think that was like another seed where I was like, this is just not empowering to not know about the, like just realities of my female body basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. And then what was the next thing? Um, mm, so, and then I was planning to be home. Like I said before, I was planning to be home with my kids 
um, at least for, you know, when they were young. Um, and I was like, I remember thinking I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do it in a feminist way though. Like, you know, I'm not going to be like this oppressed, you know? And I, I didn't think the word oppressed, but I was like, I remember thinking I'm going to do it in a feminist way. I remember literally that thought running through my head and it was like, you know, feminism is about choice and I'm like consciously choosing this, you know, so it's fine. And it's, I'm going to do it. And, you know, which is just so condescending, like looking back, I'm like, Oh, I can see the indoctrination. Like even in that, you know, like totally like condescending toward stay at home moms to, or toward moms who are choosing to spend their time and energy on their children. Oh, so, so it's like such a, <laughs> right. was so interesting to think about. Um, so I became a stay at home mom and felt like I'm, I'm, this is fine. This is a feminist choice because I'm choosing it consciously. But then I started to like, kind of like notice different things in the culture that there's a couple examples that like I, that stick out in my mind and I've written about them a couple times. One is, you know, that Macklemore song that he wrote like about his daughter, it's called like Sloan song or something. Do you know what song I'm talking about? I don't about? actually know that. No, I don't know that song. Yeah. Um, there's a line in it that says, um, they say girls shouldn't be tough and mom and mom should, let's see, say, they say that girls shouldn't be tough and mom should raise their kids at home. But honey, I know that's not true because your mom's the toughest person I know. And it's kind of like, you know, just little things stood out to me where I was like, well, that's, that feels kind of like I'm, so I'm not tough, I guess. And I'm not like, because I'm at, I'm at home raising my kids, you know, just like little things. Right. And then another one was like, I was reading a Rachel Hollis book. Um, you know, that one that was like really popular a bunch of years ago. I never not read it, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Like girl, wash your face or whatever. Yeah. I was reading it mostly for like research because she's not really my my style, but I was like, oh, it's interesting. Everyone's obsessed with this book. I'm going to mm -hmm. pick it up, whatever. Mm -hmm. And there were just lines in it like, you know, so, like, we're all different. Like some women are um, just want to stay home and raise their babies and other women want to chase their dreams and go after big things and change the world. And I was like, right. wow, like why though? You know, so just these things like about culture where I was like, I felt like I was making this conscious choice, but like, there's just this very strong cultural message that like, you don't stay home with your kids. If you are an empowered woman, if you're mm -hmm. ambitious, smart, capable, mm -hmm. that's just mm -hmm. not an appropriate choice, you know? And so then I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> like, I don't like that at all. And obviously we could get in the weeds of like, and I, as I've written about this, I've had people be like, well, that's not feminism and whatever. And it's like, okay, but like, it's the culture, the main exactly. What did exactly, exactly? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, so you know, I'm not really interested in, and even like the different waves and stuff. Like, I don't really. It's like we could go there, and I'm I'm kind of learning about it because it's interesting. But I'm just talking about like the feminism that pervades our culture that, that like, is subconscious that we totally. like soak in without even realizing it. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, that all it's like the water we swim in at this point. Like feminism is culture. It's like I remember talking one time with my sister-in-law and she was like, I don't really think of myself as a feminist. This is my, uh, my sister-in-law is an architect. She she's like, I mean, right. she's right. you know, and I'm like, "Oh, so okay, you don't think of but I was thinking like you're still like acting out feminist values. You might not use the word, but you very much have have, have absorbed the values and are living out the values, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's in that's interesting. Um, okay. So let's see, see, I, I'm glad I pulled this up. Cause otherwise my brain would be like, 
I never get to talk this long uninterrupted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So then there was this other thing where it was like, oh no, nope. There was one other thing I missed actually. Um, And it was learning about birth. So I'm a big like nerd, like researcher. I don't just go into things like I'm going to just do this, whatever. Like I, I like to learn about stuff. So when I was pregnant with my first baby, I like dove into the birth world and I wanted to learn about birth. And then I learned that I know you, you're not a mom, right? You don't no, have kids no, no. yet or have yeah. kids. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not, um, we'll see. We'll see what yeah. God does. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Um, but like the state of like maternal care and birth in this country is, is terrible. Um, there's like rampant birth trauma. Women are routinely disrespected and disregarded in birth. It's bad. It's really bad. Um, and that's why there's such a big movement toward, um, toward home birth and midwifery. It's like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I just remember as I was learning that and kind of, I was seeing, and I was experiencing certain treatment when I was pregnant from my provider. And I was like, I don't like that. And I was thinking like, where is feminism on this? Like, like most women will become mothers mm-hmm. and will therefore experience birth. And like the state of birth in this country is terrible. So like, shouldn't this be one of the big talking points of feminism, but you don't hear anything about mm-hmm. birth. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's because the medical system is actually even more powerful, like is the most, yeah, one of the most powerful like systems. In our I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I also think it's connected to like, like feminism, like hates motherhood. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. kind of, uh-huh. kind of like mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. the conclusion I've come mm-hmm. to. Like, it, yeah, they didn't insist on that because they were like, whatever, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's there. It's very right. there. Um, and I know that's a bold statement to make, but I, I can back it up. I mean, it, it just is from, oh, it's, it's a whole thing. So I remember thinking that I remember being like, why, why, why are we not talking about birth? Why mm-hmm. is this not a huge feminist talking point? But I had mm-hmm. never heard a single thing about it mm-hmm. as a raging feminist and someone who like was like, this is a problem and this is a problem for women and this is a problem for women. Not a right. single thing about birth right. and birth right. is traumatizing women left and right in this country. Mm-hmm. So that was another thing. Um, and then as I was a stay at home mom and like did the work of homemaking and mothering like day in and day out, I was like, this is, this is a lot of work. Like, this is so much work. Like I, it was more work than I thought because of course I thought it was like nothing. I thought I, I had absorbed those stereotypes of like, you're not doing much. You're, you know, it's kind of this like luxurious, what's the word, privileged life. I think I had absorbed that. So I was sort of shocked at the amount of work. Um, and then I started to think about things like, like the term working mom, like, and you know, they came up with that, you know, there's working moms. So then I guess the other type of mom is not working by contrast. And it felt annoying to me to have to, when people would be like, oh, do you work? And I would have to say, no, I don't work. When I literally (laughs) work constantly. Non-stop all day long. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so it was like, just realizing the amount of work that it was to do, to be with kids and to, and honestly, like the sacredness of the work, like interacting with small children, you're like building their emotion, social, emotional health. I mean, it's like the things I've learned and then to just have that. So disregard, like, you're not even doing, you're not even working, you know, just that language. I was like, this is, I don't like this. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't like it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Oh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, so that was, I would say those were like the early experiences. 
um, that kind of were that all kind of happened in early motherhood, like the first couple of years. Um, the next thing that I remember is looking at reading books by um, like, do you know, like Alyssa Vitti? I don't know if that's how oh, you say her last name. She no, wrote like the In the Flow. Um, she wrote Woman Code. She basically writes about like women getting to know their female uh physiology and biology, menstrual cycle stuff, just like super interesting, empowering information about like, when you're in this aspect of this part of your cycle, you're, you're about, you're likely to feel a bit more insecure, a little more tender, whatever, just like mind blown kind of stuff. Um, same thing, the work of like Kate Northrup. I don't know if you've ever. No. Yeah. Um, actually, she's, yeah. Yeah. She has a great book um, called do less. Um, and her mom is Christiane Northrup, who's like mm -hmm. a, a famous, like, yeah, just very focused on women's health, um, mm -hmm. MD. Um, so I started like reading stuff like that and getting more into my female physiology, like learning more about my menstrual cycle. And it was like, so empowering, you know, and so helpful. And again, I had kind of that same thought as I did back when, you know, we were trying to get pregnant and I didn't realize you could only get pregnant couple of days, I was like, how, why has this been kept from me? And I feel like it has been kept from so many women. Like so many women don't know anything about their menstrual cycles. It's like, how is, again, how is that empowering? Like, how do we live in such a feminist world that women that hate their bodies slash don't know anything about their, the mm -hmm. most basic functions of mm -hmm. their bodies. Mm -hmm. Right. So there was that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I'm just. And I think sick. a big piece of that is the the kind of assumption that everyone should just go on birth control and you don't really need to know anything. You just take a pill and solves all your problems. I mean, <laughs> and we know by now, like the terrible effects that the so pill has you. had on women's health, but like the pill is like such a feminist thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it, it has done, it's done so much for women. I mean, I know the conversation is more nuanced, but mm -hmm. I'm speaking generally mm -hmm. about like mm -hmm. the pill was this thing that's, that's like going to mm -hmm. save women from the horrors of motherhood or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's had such devastating effects and it just messes up your cycle. You're like mm -hmm. beautiful mm -hmm. cycle, the way your body was designed, mm -hmm. which in, and there's so much there that's empowering to know about. And I didn't know anything about it until I did, you know, until I like sought out the information mm -hmm. um, because we just don't know these things. Right. Um, and then one of the last things I've been learning about in like, like these last couple of years has been like, feminine, um, like feminine energy, you know, and like masculine and feminine polarity and, um, just like what that means when people say the feminine, you know, and it, it can really, it can be spiritual, you know, there's like in Catholicism, there's like the feminine genius and different things like that. Um, but then there's also like secular, just like, you know, like the yin and yang, it's like masculine and feminine. It's like, you need both. You, we need a balanced energy in our our society is out of whack with masculine energy. And I've, I've really seen that, like, it's interesting to me intellectually, but also I've, I've seen it in my marriage, like very, like I have a more masculine, I have like more masculine energy and my husband has more like kind of feminine energy. And it's been interesting to just kind of play with that and talk with him about that. Um, and just, we've, yeah, we've just needed to work through some things. I've needed to like soften a little bit and stop, um, like trying to control everything. And I need to like trust him more and he needs to like step up a little more. And so like, 
that has just, it's been so helpful for me to like live more in my, in my feminine or whatever you want to say, um, like in my marriage. And so like, again, I'm just like, well, I feel like feminism taught me to like take the lead and like be assertive and be in control and be in charge. And it's like, yeah, that has not helped my marriage at all. Mm. Uh, that has actually made my marriage very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to be prescriptive about the way marriages should be or something like that. I'm just saying like learning about feminine energy and being like, okay, to um, act in ways that are maybe seen as weaker in our culture, like actually has been very healing for me and has just been good in my life. So again, it's been like, thanks feminism for teaching me how to be like a man, I guess. But that's, I think that's the most interesting thing is to realize that what we think of subconsciously as feminism, like without really having a nuanced conversation like we're having or anyone else having it, it's that women can be exactly like men, like end of story. Right. And what are the consequences of that? Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and like I said, I, I get the pushback, you know, like even one of my old colleagues, I remember, um, posted on my Instagram and was like, I don't think, I think what you're talking about, like, I don't think that's feminism. I think that's like patriarchy. And I think, and I'm like, I mean, okay, like we can have a conversation about that. Like I, she's, I love her. She's a mother of four, still totally defined as a feminist. We can have these conversations, but I think we do have to acknowledge that this has been, something has been harmful to women Mm -hmm. when it, when it comes to feminism Mm -hmm. and mothers in particular, Mm -hmm. which most women become because like mothers are women as it turns out, you know? And so it's like, (laughs) right. Right. And I I want to say, like I said um, that the subconscious thing is that women can be just like men, but I think the other part is that women should be just like men. That is the subconscious thing that, that I, I, I definitely see where I have taken that on. And I, I had to specifically like dismantle that. You know, yeah, uh, totally. Maybe, Me too. Maybe, maybe some can and should, but but still, it's this assumption that we're all kind of making about what happiness and and empowerment really looks like. You know, yeah, totally. Which is such an it's such an irony, right? Yes. <laughs> it's like, yes. wait a minute. Like, I mean, for for me, feminism has always been about women, about about women, right? And it's like, but I guess if we're the same. I mean, yeah, it comes down to like what you believe about men and women. If you don't mm-hmm. think that they're and and maybe some don't, some theorists, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's all, I mean, I remember actually one thing at this school that we, we talked about, I specifically remember a PD where we had someone come in and talk about how um, the differences between men and women are socially constructed. Right. Um, that's and a big, I think that's to- a big kind of push right now, especially with all of the gender stuff. It's like, it's all just arbitrary. It's, it's, it's either all arbitrary or the total opposite where your gendered soul is born in the wrong body. So it's, there's, there's a disagreement even within that, but it's still playing yeah. around with the idea that so much of it is socialized, which is probably true, yeah. but only to a point, you know? Totally. I agree with, I agree with the last part that you just said. I think it's complex. I don't like when we, it seems like so many cultural conversations these days are like, it's, it's this or that. And since I'm questioning feminism now, I must be an anti-feminist. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. actually, it's, it's, it's nuanced, right? Like in this post, actually, someone, um, one of my readers shared a link to some, to a Catholic um, 
podcast where he was talking about toxic anti-feminists. And I was like, I was like so happy to know that term. Like, like you can be against feminism and still think that like some people who are speaking against feminism, like are missing it, you know, like, you know, it's, it's, Right. Yes. 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 And the other thing is like, I look back and if you, I don't even really know the specific waves, but like, I can look back and be like, it was so, so needed to a point. And then, and now it's just like, okay, what are we doing? Are we now kind of going backwards or are we now going too far? Are we now kind of like, I, I, and, and I kind of got caught in the same thing. Like when I, when I went from liberal to like, who knows what I am now, you know, conspiracy mm. theorist, libertarian, whatever, reli- mm-hmm. then religious, I kind of swung like, oh my gosh, maybe everything I thought was like totally, totally wrong. I'm living completely wrong. Like I, I should not, you know, have the, like, I, you know, I would like to be married and have kids, especially at this point. Mm. Um, but I, I have my own house and I have a writing career. And I, I went to like, Oh, this is all bad. This is all, all, all bad. It's like, no, mm. I'm actually really, really lucky that I actually do live in a world where I am a respect, like relatively respected, like free agent who, yeah. you know, like I, I feel really lucky and thankful <laughs> for that. So like, I've been able to look back and be like, yeah, I'm so thankful for feminism to a point. And I do mm-hmm. think that now the conversation needs to happen or, or we went too far or whatever. Um, but yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you. Like I really do think yeah. it is nuanced. And I went, yeah. I made the mistake of like flipping everything for a little while and being like, it's the complete opposite. Like, I, but I think that's like right. so common. Right. I think like, I think our brains don't like complexities. So we, you know, like it's so common to swing from one extreme to the other, I think just psychologically. And then when our culture encourages it, it feels like, well, you know, there's this camp right. over here and right. they're the opposing camp, I guess. Right. This camp. And so right. then, you know, so it's, it's, so don't be too hard on yourself, I right. guess is right. what right. I say. It's a common experience, but I, I just, that's something that's like so important to me is just trying to bring nuance into uh, conversations because there's so little of it. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to stay on Instagram. There's so many writers leaving Instagram and I don't know where you're at with this, but like, I'm trying to stay on Instagram. I go on regular breaks, but I just feel like I'm trying to bring nuance to yes. Graham, and it's hard. Yep. <laughs> but it's like, everything is so polarized there, know. you know? And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. I, I just feel like I've built up this, like, this nice little audience and we have great conversations and I'm just like, I'm trying to be like a voice of, um, yeah, just like sanity and just like, um, like I'm not here to be like, I'm in this camp and you should join my camp. And like, I'm, I'm going to yell a bunch of things and then have everybody comment like, yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, it's like, I don't want to do that. We don't need to be more more like, you know, in our little tribal camps than we already are. Like, I'm just trying to say what I feel like I've seen and experienced. And if other people connect, like, that's great, you know? Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what, it, what else do you want to talk about? That's, well, that's kind of my... I'm very curious about the, to whatever level you're comfortable with talking about why you converted to Catholicism and maybe how it works. Mm-hmm. And just because I, I was raised Catholic, I refound God and understood Jesus through a Protestant, very born again, ex new age 
you know, approach. And I'm so thankful for it. I go to a non-denominational church. I think it's a lovely place. I'm, I'm so thankful for it, but I, um, do a ton of research on denominations and I'm Mm -hmm. undecided. And I have think, I think I have critiques of both. And I, I love hearing, uh, I just love hearing people's perspectives and experiences on this. So to whatever level you want to talk about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll sure try. Um, so I guess like the first thing I would say is that All right, guys, my conversation with Amber about religion and her conversion to Catholicism, that is behind the paywall. It is part of the full episode that you can listen to if you become a paid subscriber over at Substack for $7 a month. Uh, You can, you know, do it for one month and then quit uh, or stick around because there are other perks as well, like uh, the book club and the God Talk Zoom calls and audio versions of the posts. But um, other than that, thank you for listening. I will link to Amber in the show notes if you wanna go find her and read some of her writing. And I will see you guys next time I put out a podcast episode, which could be in 2025. Who? knows oh but if you're a paid subscriber you get an audio version of every new post so those are like more frequent podcasts okay goodbye